Welcome to Writing the Wrong Way. This is a podcast for serious writers who want to develop their skills in artistry and stand out in a crowded industry by taking intelligent, creative risks. I'm your host, Jonathan Ball. I hold a PhD in literature. I'm the author of uh, numerous books, and I take a very analytical approach to art making, emphasizing both efficiency and experimentation. Please consider doing me a favor and pre-ordering my new book uh, from Coach House Books, The National Gallery. Uh, it contains sonnets for Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, elegies in the manner of Rilke, but for a dead iPhone, uh, and other strange missives from yours truly, the poet laureate of hell. So go to thenationalgallery.ca for more information. That's thenationalgallery.ca. Thanks. And I'm here with Keith Kedju, and we're just, you know, making too much noise, putting our cups down on the table, and talking about, uh, today we're going to talk about short story manuscripts, because um, uh, I just, uh, not too long ago, finished and uh, sold a short story manuscript, which is a long, you know, term project. <laughs> it's something we'll get into shortly, but... Um, Keith, as you know, but you know, my short story uh, book is going to be called "The Lightning of Possible Storms." Is going to come out with the book uh, hug in fall twenty twenty, uh, and Keith, you know, is in the process of finishing up a short story manuscript as well. Yep. Uh, you know, casting or about you know to finish it and then for someone to publish it. Uh, and so I thought it might be an interesting um, just topic conversation for me and Keith to talk about, you know, mm. just the struggles and, you know, process of putting together a short story manuscript and trying to get somebody to publish the damn thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, one of the things that you may or may not know if you're listening, you know, to this podcast, depending on, you know, what your knowledge of the book industry is, is that short story collections are possibly, maybe correct me, what do you think, Keith? My, my impression and belief um, from like my experience and you know looking around talking to other people it seems to me that probably the least desirable thing you could possibly try to publish is a story collection now, I've found it harder to publish that book than to publish a poetry book mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know it's certainly and I think you know there's certain genres of nonfiction that have kind of and, and fiction that have kind of I wouldn't say died, but like nearly died. Like the Western Ooh. seems to have nearly died. But then, you know, all of a sudden, the Sisters Brothers is a big hit. Yep. You know, like, so uh, you have all sorts of um, exceptions. Short stories, you know, have their day in the sun every now and again. It's not like nobody publishes them. But mm-hmm. I, it's very undesirable. Like, I, I, sent an, I sent it to an agent at one point, yeah. um, and within one day... I got a rejection from the agent, yeah. uh, basically saying, I don't want to yeah. agent a short story book. Sorry. Yeah, they're weird. They're sort of in between. I, th- I think they're, they're undesirable in terms of like the, the, market, the, the marketing aspect of it. So I would, I would say that with a poetry book, that people are more willing because... People who publish poetry seem to be more, more willing to take the risk of, you know, a poetry book is always going to be risky. You're never like, it might take off, it might not. So there's, there's sort of this built in idea that, all right, 
let's let's take a chance here. And the story collection is sort of in between the poetry risk and and the safe the safe and stable choice of the novel, and it's just sort of fallen through the cracks in between where it is a more risky endeavor than a novel, but they want the same kind of uh, market um, permeability, I guess, that they, they're, they're hoping it's going to break through the same way a novel would, and they, they don't. But they're out there, like they're sort of, they're, mm-hmm. they've always been present, so like there's this, there's this weird bit where they haven't completely fallen off. I wonder if that is just because authors won't stop writing them rather than <laughs> there's enough yeah. people buying them. I remember, it's, I think a lot of times it has to do with, sort of along the lines of what you're saying, I think a lot, there's this, like publishers will often have a poetry program, you know, like mm-hmm. there's, they publish poetry books in this poetry program, maybe it's a series or whatever, where they have so many they do a year. Uh, but then fiction, they just, they just have a fiction program, right? Yeah. Also, and then like short stories. <clears throat> so weirdly, I think like, short stories end up competing with novels for space on a publisher's list. And as you say, for them to take a short story often means that they're not taking a novel. And so I think from their point of view, it just seems like a losing proposition a lot of the time. Like, Mm -hmm. why not take a novel? Like, if I've got a fiction slot open, why not put a novel there rather than short stories? So it tends to be a very hard sell in that way. Mm -hmm. And I can't blame the publishers for that. Uh, but like, rarely do, does the publisher have an actual like short story mandate. So yeah. even if they are publishing short stories, uh, which you know most publishers publish short stories from time to time, mm-hmm. if not regularly, but that tends to be very minimal compared to like even the amount of like you know. So when I was shopping my short story book around, I, I one publisher had it for quite some time and was very interested in it. And was very you know um, complimentary about it, but you know. Basically, he came back to me and saying, you know, we we just published a short story book. We're kind of waiting to see how it does. Yeah. And then we can't, we just can't afford to take another short story risk right now. Mm. And so that's what it boils down to. Like, So even when they've got like an interest in publishing short stories, and like in this case, they had just published a short story book, mm-hmm. and then they had accepted another one. So, they, But then, now they're in the position where they can't justify accepting a third one kind of thing. Yeah. In you know two years or whatever it was, so I feel like there's that sort of problem that you're running up against trying to place mm-hmm. a short story collection. Like, um, not but you know people do publish them, of course, and people read mm-hmm. them. It's maybe not like as much as they read novels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but they're out there, and then every now and then there's there's the the odd the unicorn of the publishing world that only does short story collections. So like in horror, there's Undertow. Um, which only does story collections. They're really, really great. So Undertow is a, is an unsung champion of the form that produces really beautiful books and consistently wins awards. Uh, but I don't know, like, I don't see their books in bookstores here very often. Like, they're they're not. So you got to do the online route. You have to know who they are and track them down. Uh, but they're great. Like, they're they're out there. There's an interesting market vacuum there where the, the, the really good stuff is out there and it's not getting in front of the right people somehow I wonder sometimes like with so anyway putting together a short story book like yeah. what are some of the things that you have been like where are you at in this short story book so where I'm at with my short story book is I put it together and I got yeah. it 
contract for it. It's coming out fall 2020. Um, so it's all done at this point, but I just wrote a short story the other day that I, I may, you know, when I go back, when it's time to do the editing process for that book, which I haven't mm. really entered yet, um, I think likely in that process, you know, we'll see what the editor says, but likely in that process I'll, I'll uh, end up maybe swapping like a story or two here and there. Mm -hmm. You know, like I may put a newer work in and take something out. I tend to do that kind of thing a lot in the yeah. editing process. So sure. I don't think I'm done necessarily, although it's, you know, theoretically done. Yeah. Yeah. You, well, you, you've got the, the industry side of it now, so you're, you're further along than my manuscript is, but, uh, so I'm still in the, in the stage of, finishing it in order to send it out to industry so either to an agent to publishers or both like just mm -hmm. pepper spraying it about seeing if I can get any kind of interest um, but yeah I would say for me that 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 has been the hardest struggle is figuring out the overall shape of it how many stories is enough when is it going to stop when have I reached when have I got enough how much more do I have to add before it's done and I think uh, meeting with you has been the, the kick in the ass needed because I, I could do that process forever. There, yeah. could, there could always be, oh, I just need these three more stories or now this one doesn't fit anymore. So you're just constantly reshaping it. And so I'm at the point now where under duress, I've just been like, all right, I'm going to put all of this stupid fucking material <laughs> into one place and I'm going to see is this like whether I think thematically it's done or not is there enough for a book here and there is uh, so I'm, I'm making the call that like there's one story in there that is just not yet finished I was like okay I'm going to finish the draft of this one story and then it's out and it's going out the door uh, and then you, you've taken a very pragmatic uh, useful approach in that you sent it out before you were done with all the niggling details because otherwise you, yeah. you'd never send it out. So you've sent it, you've gotten it accepted and you're still at the point where like, you're still able to make those kind of changes. I would have done it sooner. Like I would have sent mine out sooner, except that my collection has this kind of frame narrative. Yeah. So it has a really specific, it has to have a certain amount of stories because of how the frame narrative works. It has to have like, um, you know, these interstitial, pieces between the stories at all points and yeah. so I had to like write all this stuff and I had to I had to like have it more um, a bit more of a skeleton than you maybe normally need in a short story mm -hmm. book if I hadn't had to do that I would have not have, I would have sent it earlier yeah. and maybe I would have been smart to send it earlier anyway because yeah. it took quite a while like to get it accepted somewhere but at the same time um, I think normally like e but even in my case I was kind of still doing a variation of what I what, last time Keith and I were talking about this, we were, uh, I was advising him to like do exactly what he was just saying, like just like put it all in one spot, see how much you got, and so on. Because um, often what I find when people are working towards a collection like this is that they have, and I see this a lot for poetry collections, is people will have like a bunch of material in a bunch of different places, and <laughs> so it's like they're often like way further along the process than they think they are. And the other thing that people forget is because they get so obsessed with like making their manuscript perfect. Uh, I think a lot of times people forget that they can have like a put together a solid manuscript and then as they like write new stories that are better than the stories they've got, they can just swap them or add them. 
So like if you had like a book, say you wanted to have a book of 10 stories for whatever reason, like that was the number you liked for some reason. Um, if you wrote like, if story three is the weakest, but it's still a good story, and then you write a new, you know, 11th story, you can just like switch it. Mm-hmm. and like continually be improving the manuscript until it's accepted and so on which doesn't mean you should be saying like a manuscript that's not like your best work but like mm-hmm. you should keep in mind like your best work is going to just change over time and a collection is nice in the sense that you can keep updating it yeah. setting it out again and then even when it gets accepted you got that space between before it comes out when you can still be like updating it and, mm-hmm. and like you know making it better yeah for sure so they, yeah that's that's where it's the same issue for a novel, but I, I feel like it's compounded with a with a short story collection in that the the constant dicking around with it yeah. can go on forever, and you you sort of do have to hit a point where you're just gonna be like, all right, no, that's that's enough. I'm gonna have to send it along, and and because of the, like it's that microcosm of it's never really done, and you've said this quote many times that a work of ours never finished is just abandoned. Yeah, it's been shooting um, to various people, but uh, and it's certainly a, like a story collection is like up to a dozen pieces of yeah. work that you are trying to decide whether or not to abandon and dump out as one. So that that was something that for me, like it, it's it's been years that I've been playing around with this idea that I'm going to have a collection, right? And it's just always been, well, I don't have enough material. I don't have enough thematically connected material, or you, you know, or just like, I have to finish the stories I'm currently working on, and then it will. Like, There's just always something. Yeah. So now I'm I'm trying to put the foot down and just be like, okay, no, like enough. And then it can, like, after it goes out, it can still change. So I can send it out this first run. I can send it out to 20 places. If none of them take it, or if I send out another batch, that manuscript might be slightly different. It might have one or two more stories. It might have ditched one. There's uh, an idea in software development, which is that you um, come up with what they call the minimal, vi- minimum, minimal viable product. Yeah. <laughs> and you release it. Uh, and then you know you figure out what the bugs are because you released it. Like you collect user data, you you yeah. know, and so on. And then you like improve it and send it again. And you, you know that's not what you do with a book, but I think there's like a way you can do a version of that with a manuscript, mm-hmm. where it's like you get the book to you get the manuscript to the point where it is what it is. Like I've said this a few times, uh, but like my belief is like if you're working on a manuscript, you should get it to the point where it is what it is. And what I mean by that is it's a strong manuscript that is publishable, but maybe isn't the perfect final version. But mm-hmm. it is basically at this point where it is what it is, every change you make will be a change to improve it potentially, but won't actually change what it is. Yeah. So like if it's a horror story about you know zombies in a supermarket who have uh, you know and it culminates in some sort of weird you know orgy like if that's what the story is you can make a lot of superficial changes to it but like that's what it is (laughs) like at the end of the day like that's the story um, unless you cut out the orgy or make them into vampires, like it is what it is. And like, you know, whether they go to, you know, if you move it so they're not in a supermarket anymore, but they're in like, you know, the moon base, well, it's still what it is. You know, yeah. it's still zombie orgy, the reckoning, you know the what reckoning. I mean? It, like you can, you can make a change that doesn't 
alter the thing fundamentally, but just like maybe makes it better or worse. Yeah. And I feel like once you're at that, once you can get, I feel like your goal as a writer, really, people make their goal, oh, have a perfect finished final book. But your goal should really just be have a get the book to where it is what it is, <laughs> yeah, and then start you know seeing you know and then get it like to a publishable state, but maybe not the state where you want to publish it exactly, mm-hmm. but a publishable state, and then I think you should start sending it out because when it is what it is, people can reject it or accept it on the because they want it or they don't, yeah, yeah, especially and like every change you make would maybe like up the ante a little bit like maybe it'll increase your chances of them accepting it a little bit mm-hmm. but probably it won't really like yeah. they want it or they don't like when it they want the zombie orgy or they don't want they it don't. you know what I mean <laughs> yeah like whether it's on the moon or whether it's in you know the supermarket doesn't matter yeah uh, the process can take so long that to to create your own delays yeah is just it's not really viable it's gonna going to get the better of you at some point if you don't you'll yeah. just take the risk there like but but you're right like the understanding the aboutness of it is i, th- I think the key and uh, i think you can tell so like, that was the the process of putting all the material in that place and seeing how much do i have like so it, yes it showed that and then it, it 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 sort of broke down my logistical argument of like here's why it's not ready because deep down i knew what it was and it's what, everything that I'm contributing is not changing what this manuscript is. I'm just telling myself I don't have enough. And then you sort of, you, you shatter that, and then you're left with, do you know what this book is? And it's like, okay, yes, I do. And all right. All right. What I see people do is they'll, say they'll have 12 stories, and they're like, they're done, these 12 stories. So they've got a book length manuscript. And then what they'll do is they'll sit there and they'll move the stories in different orders. <laughs> so it's like they'll be like well maybe I'll put this story first or maybe this story will go first or maybe I'll put this story third they'll start moving them around and it's like well I, I just want to punch them in the face it's like the book's not it, it reads different and it kind of is therefore a different experience and yes maybe you know if four was after six instead of before five mm-hmm. then that story would be in a better place and the book would be better overall but it's not going to be a different book. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing that I think, like, catches people up. Like, they're making superficial changes to their manuscript. And when I see superficial, I don't mean that they're not good or bad or, like, changes you should, shouldn't make. Like, maybe you should make all those changes. Um, but even, like, pulling a story out and, like, replacing it with a different story, to me, I would say that's a superficial change in the sense that it doesn't change what the book is. Mm-hmm. Like it's maybe improved the book by putting a stronger story in place of a weaker one, but it's still like a book of zombie orgies. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? Like it still is like a horror short story collection yeah. or whatever. And so like you can make it better or worse, but like at a certain point, you know, this is who you are, you know, mm-hmm. in book form and people will like it or they don't. Yeah. Like, I think you should be focusing as a writer and trying to get the manuscript to a point where a publisher could accept it or not accept it. And at that point, you should start sending it to publishers. And then, like, if you want to keep working on it, you know, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, why not, like, work on it when you get a deadline? So, like, because if a publisher actually can accept the manuscript at that point, 
and I hope people don't misunderstand this as like me saying like send workout before it's ready. I don't mean that. I mean send workout when it's ready to be published, but maybe it's not exactly up to your standards because or like it's not exactly what you want. Like it's up to your standard, but it's not exactly how you want it. Because the reality is you you'll keep changing your mind. Yeah. <laughs> and that is and like what's going to happen is when a publisher can accepts a book is you're going to have like a period of like a year, two years. Like I've got two year period from when the book got accepted to when it's going to come out. Yeah. Um, so like I'm not going to sit there and work on the book for two years, but like I could, right? You know, and at some point I'm going to get feedback from the editor for the press. I get no matter what stage it's at when you send it in, they're going to come back with notes, and you're mm-hmm. going to have to do more editing, and you're going to have the opportunity and the time to make major changes. Like you know, even as big as taking story out and replacing it with another one that you just wrote, you know. A week ago or whatever, like it didn't even exist when they accepted the manuscript. And so like you're going to have the space to accept, to, to write new stuff. You're going to have the space to do the final editing. They're, they have a process in place to help you do the editing. Like the whole point, yeah. you're publish- one of the main reasons you're publishing with somebody rather than self-publishing it is to get this editing feedback and to, to mm-hmm. spend that time, right? And then the other thing is like you, now you have a deadline. And it all is real, and you have you're not just screwing around forever because at some point they're going to take the thing away from you, yeah. more or less, right? At that point, as you say, like it's been abandoned, you know, for good or ill, and people get like very nervous about like, well, what if you know my book comes out and it's not exactly what I wanted it to be? It's like, well, when has that ever happened to anyone? Yeah, like find me the author whose book came out and it was exactly what they wanted it to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that yeah. you can't have that as like a goal, but it's like it's a shitty goal, basically, mm-hmm. is what it boils down to because it's unrealistic. Yeah, and that that's a bar that constantly moves. Yeah, it just moves. What you want that book to be today is not two years from now, it won't be the same. And after it's been out for five years, your idea of what it should have been will be different. Um, and the other thing people who've never published a book before, maybe we can get into this a little bit, because like people who've never published a book before have a really bizarre idea of what you will care about when you publish a book (laughs) so like one thing that I've uh, found that you know is like you never read that book again Mm -hmm. you don't even think about it half the time like really like I can't remember what's in some of my books yeah like <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. do you remember what gaze is about? Do you remember? I remember the the major but like, beats, but yeah, no, I haven't read gaze. When's the last time you read it? When like, did it come out? Uh, twenty ten. And when's the last time you probably read it? Like twenty eleven, when I would have done a reading. Of, I didn't From read the, you didn't read the, read the whole, whole thing. thing then. No. So probably the last time you read it front to back was. You know, in twenty nine, editing like yeah. the year before, or, or like yeah, like 20, when you when you get when it, you you'll, you'll look or, at the first few pages and you'll skim and you'll you'll be very happy. And like, but you you don't sit there and read read it to cover yeah, you don't cover sit to there cover and read anymore. your book. You read it like That's, twenty times by that point, and you're sick of it, and yeah. then you move on with life. And it's like you're you're proud of it, and people bring it up, and maybe you do reading from time to time. But like mm-hmm. like when I read from Clockfire now, which, and I love Clockfire, you know, I'm very proud of it, but like. It came out in 2012, so you know, seven years ago now. I every time I pick up to read from it, I have to flip through and decide what to read. And mm-hmm. I'm like, sometimes I forget, like I wrote this poem, I wrote that poem, yeah. and like I don't think about it unless somebody brings it up to me. Yeah. And it's not that I don't, 
and I think that's the best book I've written <laughs> and published. You know, I, you know, I mm-hmm. would recommend it to anybody who doesn't know my work. But I can't say I like a day goes by. Like if I think about Clockfire in a month, I'm. It's probably a rare month. Yeah, we have a different relationship to it at, when it comes out, there, but also just when it's work. Yeah, it's right? done. Like like the it's same. Work. Same people, like people who make TV shows, like they don't watch their own show. No. That, that was something, I think it was a Seinfeld uh, interview, like one of the comedians in Cars or something, and someone asked him what he thinks of Seinfeld, and I was like, I don't fucking, I, I've never watched it. I've never watched my own show. Why would I watch it? I made it. <laughs> and you just, you, you can't then, you can't make it and then be the reader. It's... It's, Not it's really, this yeah. weird bit of fudgery that is sort of... You're always constantly trying to anticipate what the reader's experience is going to be, but you fundamentally can't ever have that experience of your own book. Yeah, they say um, they say you should write the book you want to read that you can't find anywhere. You know, yeah. And I think that's true, uh, but at the same time, the irony of it is once you do it, it yeah. Yeah. now you, you, don't you don't care anymore. It. And yeah, it's that, not that you don't care, I shouldn't say that, but like... Now you've done it, and so it's done, yeah. and your mission has been accomplished, and mm-hmm. so now you're like you got new things to do. Sure, that was when when Gaze came out, and even the editing the the Shadow book. Um, that was something that I think if you haven't published yet, you might be surprised at it. Like I I was surprised at how sick of my own work I was, <laughs> just how yeah. sick of it. Like I didn't want to look at it. Read so many times with such an analytical eye. Um, and you just get tired and every, like you say like at some point there will be notes and no matter how much yeah. work you're putting in there, there's always something else to be fixed and like at, when you're just sitting in your room by yourself and you haven't sent the manuscript out to anybody like you can get lost in that microcosm forever and it's sort of boundlessly entertaining when you're by yourself and then when it's deadline focused and when it, you're working towards this goal out of it like you where does welcome out awfully fast you get you get tired of of reexamining it so many times, and so I I was very sick of everything I put out by the time it went out. <laughs> yeah, and this is like the proof. I, my favorite part of the publishing process is when you get a proof. So for people who don't know what a proof is, it's when a publisher has taken your book and designed it, and they've you know laid it out uh, the way it's going to look. So you're getting like this PDF uh, file where. You can print it out and, you know, uh, it's, everything is basically how it would look when the book was printed. And it's got these little, like, markers to show you where the page would end, like, where it would mm-hmm. be trimmed and cut and everything. So you see, like, it's the right size. You can see, like, the spreads of, like, what's on page two and page three. You can see them side by side, you know, and so on. And so uh, my favorite part of getting the, it's the first time that you actually have a file in front of you now that looks like your book. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to just like a manuscript, it's like here's the book designed and laid out and everything. And when I first published my first book, I was surprised how excited I was when the proofs came and like it was a real book and like it felt like a real book even though it wasn't physically existing yet. Mm-hmm. And I was also surprised by how disappointed I was when the book was printed in my hands because it was like... I, I felt nothing. <laughs> I opened a box of my books and I was so excited. I got my first box of books. I opened it up and like there's like 30 books in there or whatever. And I pulled out like my first like printed copy. I finally like I'm holding a book I published in my hands, which I've been dreaming about doing for, you know, my whole life. And I was like, whatever. <laughs> it didn't matter to me at all. But when I 
it just was like, oh, I got, well, because by that point, I say, I like read this book 80 times. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I've been thinking about it for years and it's like, you know, but then there's like this big gap where I would start doing other things mm-hmm. and it's, and I hadn't had to work on it for a while. Like at a certain point it just becomes work and it's not that it's not still like something that matters to you or mm-hmm. that you're not proud of or whatever, or you, you know, it's, it's still something you like you love doing and everything, but it's at the same time, it's like, it's meaningful, but it's like, you got other things to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just has become normalized in a certain way. Um, but the proofs to me are really exciting still. Like I just went through the proofs for the national gallery a few months, a couple months ago. This is my book coming out in September. And so it switches a poetry collection. And so, uh, so I got, again, I get the proofs. So before that point, you've done a lot of editing. Yeah. And then, you know, now you're getting the proofs. The book is in like layouts. I went through, I think it was nine proofs. So nine different times I like sent my edits and changes to the editor, to my editor. They made the changes. Then they send the newly designed file back to me. I made more changes and so on. I just nine times. So like, and every time I do that, I read the book front to back because yeah. I'm paranoid and you don't necessarily have to do that by the way. But like I like read the book front to back. So like by the time I'm done, like the proof stage, I've read the, in the span of like a month, I've read the book nine times front to back. Yeah. And, you know, at that point, you never want to read the book again. Like, as much as you love it and are proud of it, like, you literally mm-hmm. don't want to read it again. Yeah. Or maybe you'll read a page here and there, if they pay you. If they pay you, yes. <laughs> right. Then. Like, if they pay you to read it, yeah. then you'll read it. Like, that's how you feel about it at a certain point, <laughs> even if you're yeah. still proud of it. Yeah, for sure. Like, I'm still very proud of everything that came out, but I, I don't read them for fun. We'll so, put it that way. <laughs> but in terms of putting a short story collection together, so what's the, what, when you first like were thinking of like doing this or even like at the, maybe at this point, like what do you feel is important to consider when somebody's putting a short story collection together? Like if you, if you had to like, at this point, looking back at what you've done so far, mm-hmm. if you had to like give advice to somebody thinking about doing a short story collection, like what would you maybe say like is the place to start? Ooh. This presumes, of course, that you've written more than one short story. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it, you would. Like you've written a if, bunch if, of short if, stories if you're gonna, by this point. If you're going to think of a collection, yeah, hopefully you have more than one uh, started already. But yeah, in ter- like even my concept for this one has changed a lot. Like I'm not a. Well, just I talk about the concept for things. Sure. So, so do you th- think a short story collection needs to have a concept? I, no, I don't. Uh, and I was really resistant to that for my own collection. Like, I like a lot of collections that I know of that, that have an overarching concept that I really like. Uh, it, but it wasn't something that I was setting out to do. And that might just mostly be because I didn't have that overarching concept. And I, I, I don't write, I wasn't writing these stories that way. That they didn't come out, like they all came out quite singularly as their own concepts. And they weren't, they weren't Connected. designed to fit an existing framework, or right? Thematic and that was something that, like, well, if I'm going to have this, this thematic connection, you know, I need to know that before. Or that was the idea I had. Um, so, like, there's there's definitely gradations or layers of that kind of concept. So you can have a really high concept thing. So yours has like a frame. Yeah, but uh, my stories are very different. So, like, the way, the, so my book, I may actually say something about it. Maybe yeah. you can say something about yours as well. Like, so lightning possible storms. I'll talk more about it. Like I'll be sick of talking about it soon. <laughs> I'll talk more about it later. But um, the Lightning of Possible Storms is like it's a short story collection, but it begins with a sort of 
framing narrative where this uh, this woman is working in a coffee shop or a tea shop and she has um, you know this per- writer comes in every day and you know writes and doesn't really say anything to her and then like you know leaves a tip and leaves and one day he leaves his book behind and she picks the book up and it's you know uh, and reads it and notices that it's dedicated to her and she's freaked out and she's you know, upset she goes home you know uh, takes this book home doesn't know what she's supposed to do now but then starts like getting curious and reading the book so anyway there's a storyline that kind of progresses with her throughout the novel and then in between she's like reading these this short story book and it starts to kind of move into a totally different space than what it sounds like it is now and move into a kind of surreal, strange space. Um, but initially, like, there's, like, this continuing narrative, and then in between these is little short stories. And they don't connect. And this is, like, her initial mystification, is they don't seem to actually connect or relate to anything um, where she had expected, like, this connection and relation. And so eventually, like, things start to cohere a bit more uh, in a kind of meaningful way but initially like it establishes this conceit that you've got a continuing narrative interspersed between these distinct short stories that are very different in tone and style and genre and you know length and you know so on so mine's pretty disconnected but they all have this kind of union of like uh, again this idea of somehow what is kind of possible here mm-hmm. through um the form of an artwork because I'm really interested in in, like that overriding idea like what can we use you know art for whether uh, it succeeds or fails and like where does it fail us you know where does it help us Um, where is it maybe we think it's going to help us but it actually is hurting us you know Mm -hmm. I'm really interested in that kind of relation so to me like that's like a vague theme that kind of plays out throughout these stories but then it has this kind of it's very distinct and they're very disconnected otherwise yeah but part of that was my solution to like I felt like I should have a concept and a theme overriding but I was writing like singular stories individually that were very different and I don't Mm -hmm. have a consistent style I don't feel yeah Um, which I think is probably hurts me (laughs) But, you know, but I don't, you know, I don't think I have a consistent style. Yeah. So I was trying to think of, like, how can I have a book that has some consistency, but also has this, um, you know, it was like a carnival ground in a sense where it has, like, mm-hmm. all these different things. You can go here and do this game and go here and do that thing and go here and get a corn dog and go yeah. here and find a haunted house. Like, I wanted, like, that kind of, you know, all that difference, but also, like some consistency so that was my like way of figuring it out Mm. which I guess people have to judge you know what they think of it sure but what was your kind of approach when you Uh, yeah mine was so similarly I was I was doing the stories just all on their own and they were they were all about their own concept rather than here's how they're going to fit into a larger piece and these are mostly horror yeah they're horror stories so they're more like because I'm jumping around but you're mostly looking at horror stories yeah and that's that even that is not necessarily by design, but that's this is where it always goes. <laughs> Just it always skews dark. Um, uh, so basically, at like at an early stage, I was just 
I have what I have, I'm going to cobble together. And that's going to, that's going to be sure. a manuscript, and we'll see how that works. And uh, for, for a while, that was just the pragmatic, I don't want it to take years and years. Uh, once I have enough, I sh- and then I just... Then I just started taking years and years and uh, with this idea that, of course, it's not done yet. And then eventually what I found now, now I do have enough stories that I I don't need to cram in every story that I've done in order to make it fit a manuscript. Because that was part of what I was worried about, too, is if if I don't include everything, it's not going to be long enough. Uh, I don't have that problem anymore. Now now there is enough uh, that I can leave some out that aren't as good or that don't seem to fit. And so what has weirdly happened, even though there isn't one overarching theme, uh, I have inadvertently created a lot of doubles in, in, in my thematic concerns. So I have, I have two stories that are about cannibals. Uh, I have two stories that are centered on laughing. I have two stories that are centered on Center some on kind laugh. of technology. Uh, I have two stories that are about uh, dead bodies interfering with the living in some way. Uh, so there's just this this weird way that I've folded in over myself. I have three that are focused on technology in some hmm. in some form. So I have by fluke or what have you, or lack of originality, um, created an overarching idea in that I have stories that are approaching similar ideas from different Hmm. from different aspects I think that kind of thing happens mostly to authors like even when I'm looking because I look at my manuscript again when I was putting the things together I mean I left stories out that I'd written which is maybe something you know you gotta if you've written a bunch of stories like you get the question of like what do you not include yeah and like for me like I didn't include a lot of stuff that just like tonally I don't know I just didn't feel it felt too jokey or um, but even though I have a lot of like funnier stuff it was like usually it would turn or have some less jokey dimension yeah. in it. It's like I left like a Lovecraft parody out, uh, but I included like a funnier um, story that almost is like a Robert Balser parody, but nobody knows who Robert Balser is, so it doesn't really read the same way, you know? Yeah. Um, and then like, but I found like even if I'm like writing like a science fiction story or if I'm writing like a weird meta fictional comedy like I had a lot of the same concerns mm-hmm. you know which I think is usually it's kind of inevitable typically yeah. but certainly if you work in the same genre or roughly the same genre and you have a lot of the same concerns it'll it'll come through more cleanly yeah it eventually comes out but like what I what I find interesting is is that the stories that have these common elements for the most part like those stories are tonally or they're wildly different so the the two cannibal stories you've read yeah. are so I've got the one that's the Wendigo story which is like a period piece it's very moody and then the other one is Donner Parties which is like the full on gore fest you know, like sure. those, those yeah, are yeah. I just view, view those as very different um, what are you using but, for a title for the book? I was suggesting Donner Parties. Yeah, right now it's Donner Parties. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you that, have before? Made, I forget. It was uh, well. It may it may still be like a longer version of of either just Donner Parties or Donner Parties and other antisocial gatherings. Sure. Um, which is long. But <laughs> so I you had a diff- different. I had a different one. I had a different one before because I had a novella that I was working on that I've ditched oh, okay. that I'm not yeah, going to be working on nice. anymore. 
Yeah, so that's probably where where that's. But anyway, I think Donner Parties is a great title for sure. Yeah. Even if you add the other stuff, but I like mm-hmm. Donner Parties personally. They'll put yeah. stories on it somewhere. I'm sure. Somewhere they will. I'm sure. But like you know, but that's how it goes. I guess mm-hmm. I really am. What I would, I'm cross. I'm really trying. I haven't really gone into it with my publisher about this stuff yet, but like I'm really hoping. I cannot have the word stories on the cover sure. <laughs> because I'm so, I just hate it. I don't know what it yeah. is. I just well, don't there, like it. There are, people get away with it. It does happen. I mean, we'll see, I guess. Like Ted Chiang's uh, story of your life and others got around it in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a couple, um, a couple a others law, that don't. Like, don't no, you don't have to put that. But, but you know, it's not like it's the worst. Especially since yours has uh, has an overarching theme, you can. I feel like that's how I'm going to get around it. We'll yeah. see. I really, you know, well, I haven't yeah. gone into cover discussion or anything like that yet. Yeah. Although, um, you know, I've got my idea for a cover already. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Usually, I'm pretty good about getting the covers I want, which yeah. is unusual. <laughs> but you know, I've been pretty good about it for the most part. That's good. But um. Uh, Titles are a hard thing. My title comes from a quote from Foucault, weirdly, but like it's this great, like beautiful quote where he describes what he wants, um, um, like an essay to do or what criticism to do. But really, I read this quote and I thought, well, really, what he's describing is what fiction does. Um, and so, all the things he wants criticism to do is like what fiction is already doing. And so I kind of was just using that like little beautiful mini essay quote as like a epigraph um so you know again unless it gets taken out like that's where <laughs> that's what it, that's the epigraph and then that explains yeah. like kind of where the title's from but it's kind of a confusing uh, thing on a certain level i think maybe mm-hmm. but i think it like it just situates kind of like this idea really quickly of like this hybrid idea like you know this is like a like a short stories that's mm. title comes from this critical quote and so on um, what's the what a last piece of advice you might have or what's the frustration or struggle you find frustration where are you, where are you at with, um, where do you think is next for you with the short yeah. story with just sending it out at this point you're just um, finishing it up I'm, fini- I'm finishing one uh, one story draft so this is my law it's I knew it was going to be a long story just by the concept of it but this is my my king in yellow Riff. Oh yes. Uh, which there's no way that's going to get picked up by anybody else because it's a King and Yellow ripoff, um, and those <laughs> there's already been a bunch of collections of those, so I can't mm-hmm. like the, those anthologies have been done, so I can't send it to uh, the uh, can't. There's no upcoming Carcosa anthology because there's already been a bunch, uh, so I'm just I'm a little too late to the bandwagon for that one, and because it's long, so it likely won't get published anywhere else. So it's sort of the same problem I had with my story stuck. So I created an anthology in order to put it in yeah. <laughs> to publish it myself. It was so long. Uh, so I'm just finishing that that draft. So that's a story idea that I've really liked for a really long time, and I just struggled to uh, to bring it together all the all the way to the end in a, in a way that I really like. That's but. a thing for people to consider too when they're putting story manuscripts together. Is maybe they have a story or planning to write a story where. It's just going to be too long, like, but yeah. but not like too long for like normal journal publication. So maybe like you got a seven thousand, eight thousand, ten thousand word story, something that's like a bit too long mm-hmm. for really a journal to accept, but way too short for you yeah know, to be a, a, a book on to its be. own. 
you know, could maybe fit in a short story manuscript. Because usually a short story manuscript is going to, I don't know, it really ranges, but like, I would say broadly, they probably run from like 45, 50 to 80,000 words, most likely. Most maybe 100,000 on the outside. Yeah, for really big ones. Most of them, the most places, the minimum is 40,000 yeah. words, uh, which is not huge. Yeah, mine's, I think, 50,000 roughly. Yeah. So it's it's definitely doable, and in terms of like it, advice to myself that other people might benefit from, is, uh, is you got to get out of your own way, yeah, a lot. Like the only reason it's not done now, it wasn't done years ago, is is me. <laughs> it it really could have been done before now, and I just needed the the kick. And I like I've had some life stuff that got in my, but nothing so monumental that it it couldn't have, you know, just gotten out the door a little bit sooner I was shocked when I finally like was like you know what I'm gonna put this storybook together blah blah, blah and I'm really gonna work on it I was shocked by how fast I finished yeah because I had done so much of the work already and not mm-hmm. even paid attention to it yeah and that that's like that's what I found with this project too is that as I was becoming less productive and and beating myself up for not producing as much and, and not getting as much work done and then sort of actively avoiding it was because it was so close to the end. Um, and it, it in a lot of ways, it's terrifying to end it and then put it out in the world because, well, that might be the final word on it. And if you never finish it, then you can just always say you're always working on the damn thing. Um, yeah. But this period where I, I've been in a bit of a fallow period right now uh, where I haven't been producing as much as... But it's because... I've got a whole book that I won't sit down and finish. Like, and all I have to do is finish it. Yeah, it, it, it often doesn't take as long as, or you know, or you know, people will sometimes get held up like saying, "Oh, you know, I got this new story idea." Yeah. It's like, well, you know what? One, you could again just send mm-hmm. the, you know, if the book's done, you can send it off. If you finish that new story and you get a book accepted, then great, throw the yeah. story in the book, or yeah. publish another short story book later. For sure. That, if you that's really are worried too. about it, like, like, like some of the story ideas that I was certain were going to be included, I've just been like, well, I'm not far enough along. So, what if I just ditch those? Do I still have enough? Oh, I, oh, I do. Well, great. So, yeah, I just did. I, 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 one of the things I did to finish my book was I just was like, I had this big list of like stories I was supposed to finish. I decided not to finish them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Except for like, this oh, one. Now there's the book's just, done. There's this one that I'm just, I'm not budging on. That one's, that one's going to be in it. But there, there's others. I'm yeah. just like, okay, this is, this is just. It's going to make it an 80,000-word manuscript, and all it's doing is delaying the finishing. Because and if, if also, I wait until those are all done, then there'll be another one. Or and also, some other reason making the book do. harder to publish. Yeah. When it's already, it's because it's now too long or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, close. like, unless you're Stephen King, they are not taking a 600-page story collection. Even if you're Stephen King, they, and even probably, they, they probably should not have it. <laughs> and to get a novel instead. Yeah, know. that's true. Um, King, I always will give King credit uh, as one of the only people, I think it was once pointed out to me by somebody that Stephen King was pretty much the only best-selling mainstream author that still wrote short stories. Consistently. Consistently. Consistently, yeah. It's true that they, they come out quite, like, fairly regularly and, like, it'll be a long time between collections, but when the collections come out, they're huge. Like, there's a lot of material in there. King even wrote in one of his story prefaces, his short story um, introductions, that you know, why he did, there's no reason for him to write short stories anymore. Yeah, that's true. He's <laughs> not doing it like, for money. Um, but they he, they get I guess he gets film rights for probably about half so, of them. Even so, he probably would be better off making novels, right? Yeah. 
And he, but this is what he says anyway. And he's like, he's like, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I like short stories. I think it's important to write short stories. And so, I mean, you know, everyone's different. But like, I, I always admired that about King. That like, here's a guy who is still doing this, you know, thing, even though yeah. he probably would be yeah. in his best interest to stop doing. He just does it because he likes it. Well, and often, often his his collections are good. Yeah, his collections are often better than his novels. Yes. I mean, I like a lot of his novels still, but like the last one I read yeah. was just brutal. Yeah. But um, you know, King's got yeah. some great stuff, and his short story collections are my, my my favorite stories. One of my favorite stories ever is still Survivor Type. Yes, where um, Doctor is you know, stranded on a desert island. And it's like cutting off parts of his own body and eating it. But yeah. because he's a doctor, he knows exactly he knows how where to do to it cut without killing himself as long as possible. Yeah, you know how long could you survive just eating pits of yourself mm-hmm. on a desert island? Yeah, it's a great, gruesome, you know, funny, yeah. weird. story. It's a story. good, gory one. He's got a couple of good Lovecraftian ones too. He's got one called N, which is all yeah, about that's a great uh, story. like the. I've got the graphic novel of that somewhere. Yeah, and I like seeing the the, the creature in the grass and everything. Mm-hmm. That's a great, great story. Well, a uh, big tip with a short story collection is just to fucking put your short story collection together. <laughs> Stop yeah, screwing around. Stop screwing around. Yeah.